Welcome to Bears Country Podcast on Barroom Network. We've got Dan Aguirre joining us soon. He's running a little bit late. And we have Chris Watts all the way from across the pond. He's going to be joining us tonight. But before we get to that, I just wanted to talk about that play. That play is the play that pissed me off the most of that entire game. And I'm sure that you all probably feel the same way. So we can get into that in a minute. Kitty, let's kick this off. Bears country. Where is it? It's in your man cave. Your home. Your car. Your local bar. Your city. State. It's across the world. It's in your heart. And it's here. The Bears Country Podcast. Everyone thought we were going to get our ass kicked in this game. It looked like we were going to get our ass kicked in this game in the beginning of it when we were down 21 to three, but the bears came back and they made a game of it. And it came all the way down to that last play when the bears were driving the ball. And it looked like Justin Fields was going to get that comeback game that he deserves. And it got washed away. (sighs) with a double-agent wide receiver from the Minnesota Vikings who decided to give the ball back to him, to them, so that they could win the game. That's how I'm taking it. So I think we need to immediately cut Amir Smith-Marset. He already had another mishap in the game that cost Justin Fields, uh, what, 60-something-yard touchdown run? So, I don't know. I'm not saying, you know, cut the guy. I'm just kidding, but it's... What an unfortunate mishap in your first game of real game action. And you have that end up happening to you. You have a block in the back on a long Justin Fields touchdown run. You have a strip fumble to end the game with plenty of time left with them to win it. And it's just a mind-boggling end to the game that I thought we were going to win. At the end there, I really thought we were going to come back and win that game. (sighs) Well, we have Dan Aguirre is going to be joining us here shortly, and he's running a little bit late. So we also have our guest Chris Watts from across the pond. He was going to be joining us a little bit later. But rather than me just sit here and talk to myself, I figured let's bring on Chris a little bit sooner than we were going to, and we can get his take of this game.
from what he thought across the pond. So let's bring on Chris Watts. Can you give me an accent? Can you talk like me? Can I, can I talk like you? I don't know. Yeah. Can I talk like you, Dan? There you go. Oh, you, you got it. Yeah, Dan. <laughs> I love I it, I can man. talk like you, mate. I can talk like you. It's no problem. <laughs> yeah, you're Kermit the Frog impersonation. Yeah. But, but I, always, I always turn into sort of like you know, some mafia. I always want to go, hey, Tony, hey. <laughs> you, why don't you, you try doing Yorkshire accent, Dan? Well, I was just—I was going to say, whenever I get around, like people talking with an accent like this, I just—I just can't help myself but to talk like them. I could literally sit here and talk with you like this all day. Wow, that—that was more—that was more like a, a Cockney sort of London accent going on there, mate. You were a bit like uh, Mary Poppins. That guy's a fucking wanker, mate. From all the way over across the pond. Chris Watts, thanks for joining us. <laughs> Hope I got my exit right this time. I imagine some you fucking know, Scottish to that. What the fuck am I doing? <laughs> you, you, actually, you actually sound slightly Jamaican then, Dan. It were, uh, that was atrocious, mate. <laughs> but no, I, I'm good, mate. I hello to you, Dan. Hello to Kitty. First time I've had a chance to speak to Kitty. So hello uh, to both of you. Thank you very much for coming on and joining us again, Chris. It's always great to talk to you. Uh, I'm just fascinated by the Bears fandom across the sea, and it's always just awesome to talk to you because we gain so much more perspective from it, you know? Well, you know, we, you know, we are, we are sort of known as being intelligent people as English, sort of. <laughs> so any, any time you want me on the show in the future, just uh, give me a shout, mate, because I love watching the show. You're doing a great job, and uh, obviously you've got Dan on as well, who's, who's one of my favourites. So, uh, no, it's, uh, it's going to be a blast, mate. I appreciate that, Chris. It's, uh, you know, last time we had you on Bears Country Podcast, uh, it was a blast. Just learning how you taught us about how the 85 Bears were basically mm. what brought the NFL to Europe. And that was a fascinating conversation to have with you. It was also fascinating for us to do our bad accents part one, because I would like to try that again with you later if you're okay with that. <laughs> of course I am. Of course I am. But you, can, you can use and abuse me as much as you want, Dan. <laughs> we can have a well you're it's i get used and abused too i'm i'm terrible i'm trying to work on it i'm one of these days by yeah, like part 10 i'll have it right yeah. <laughs> let's hope so mate because you are terrible at the moment <laughs> <laughs> so chris uh yesterday's game i mean we i think pretty much the majority of us thought we were going to lose that game and I thought, yeah. I think the majority of us probably thought we were going to win that or lose that game by a lot more. It wasn't going to be as exciting a game as it ended up turning into. Uh, like, what do you think about the game? Um, I mean, I, I mean, I, I felt exactly like 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 you just described, really, Dan. I mean, especially after the first half, I was thinking. You know, this is a regression rather than moving forward. You know, when we were down twenty-one-three and. Uh, and Kirk Cousins had broken the Minnesota's passing record for completed consecutive passes. I think he got 17. And apart from that Mooney catch in the first half, I out there with my hands, my head in my hands going, what the fuck is going on? But then uh, the second half, there must have been some uh, 
serious adjustments at second half and uh, Justin Fields, that's the best I've ever seen him play in a Chicago Bears uniform. It just looked like the light just sort of flicked on and he was an absolute monster in the second half. So I was so sort of happy for him. But obviously I was gutted that we lost. And uh, yeah, obviously that number 17 cost us the game really. I mean, he cost us that touchdown uh, by Fields. And then at the end when he, he didn't go out of bounds, where he could have easily gone out of bounds and there was about a minute left on the clock as well. Uh, I was absolutely gutted. But to say we came back from such a large deficit to nearly winning the game, and at one point we was in the lead as well, uh, I, I was absolutely well proud of the team. You know, I'm not one of these people who sort of gives that awards just to turning up, but uh, I just think it showed a lot of character of the team and, and Justin Fields, he just looked so poised in the second half and the play calling was a lot better for him. They weren't leaving him with massive third and long set to try and do like a, an exceptional pass. Um, so yeah, I'm gutted, I'm, a lot, I'm gutted we lost, but uh, I think there's a lot of, I feel there's a lot of positive to take out of the performance in the second half. I feel a lot better than I did do after the Giants game. I mean, that would have so depressed. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah, overall, sad that we lost, but I think uh, surely people have got to see the positives now about Justin Fields. Uh, I mean, I, I've seen some of the comments uh, in social media and people just need to chill out a bit, man, and, and see the bigger picture on about this on the, on the um, Barfly Tailgoat show on Sunday of Alder. People just got to look at the bigger picture. Things can't change overnight. You know, it's, it's, you know, I know people have instant ratification these days, but it doesn't work in sport and it doesn't really work in any business. So, uh, yeah, sad that we lost, but the second half performance blew me away. I know I was, I'm right there with you. You know, the, the beginning of the game was just almost hard to watch. And in fact, I was kind of doing other things while I was watching it and, you know, just watching Dalvin Cook run the ball down our throats and they're just passing the ball to Justin Jefferson. Just, it's like my favorite play in Madden that, you know, you, that you got the two wide receivers that go out about 15 yards and cut to the sidelines and you got like the two guys that cut to the center. It's You can always get one of those guys on that nice out if you time it perfectly. It's like they were doing over and over and over again like they – like the Giants were last week in that bootleg. They found that sweet spot, and they mm -hmm. kept using it. And I was getting really mm -hmm. disheartened by it. And I had other stuff to do, so I was just trying to do it while I was watching the game. And then all of a sudden, wow, start coming back. And it's like, okay, now I'm, now I'm into this game 100%, like sitting down with my eyes on this because there's something that's going to happen in this game. And I remember at one point thinking – until, let me know if you have the same feeling because I have it a lot during games where you feel that turnover coming. You just you feel the other team just wants to give it away. And mm. I just I kept saying Kirk Cousins, he's he's gonna throw an interception here soon. I just feel it. I feel like he wants to give the ball away. And sure enough, he throws an interception, bears are back in the game, and we get all the way down to that final play where the double agent gives it back to Minnesota to win. And it just broke my heart. Just the same as you. I mean, it's yeah. my goodness. It's, it's sort of a typical Chicago Bears, isn't it really? <laughs> that last sort of minute. But 
I agree with everything what you just said, then, um, Dan. You can, the thing is, you could really feel the momentum change. It like it like you know, two boxes where we had the Vikings on the ropes and they were trying to like, you know, get away from our body blows. And uh, you could see they were absolutely like shell socked, shell shocked, mm -hmm. sorry, um, you know, by by the sort of middle of the third quarter because we just came out and we were just pounding them. So um, mm -hmm. I've never felt so happy after a loss, to be honest with you. I've never, you know, <laughs> absolute, it's just so fucking weird, man. You know, I'm like, I'm absolutely buzzing after the game. And I kept thinking... But you've, we've lost, and I kept going, yeah, but it feels like, I've, you know, Justin Field has seen the light, and he's, you know, and the light bulb's clicked, and it shows what could happen in the future for us. So um, a loss is a loss, but I think um, people have got to take a lot more positives out of the game than uh, what I've been reading on social media. Mm -hmm. And looks like we have Dan Aguirre is joining the show. What's up, buddy? Hey, man, I'm so sorry that I was late, but like I said, I was in a meeting, and it, one of the things that we had to discuss was the Friday night high school game that we cover has been moved to Thursday. So, great, I'll be running a game, producing a game while the Bears are playing, which blows ass, but nevertheless, I'll at least have it on my phone at that time. But I'm here. Again, I apologize. Uh it's not like I was being disciplined or something, but they needed me in this meeting to talk about what we're going to do, do on air and stuff like that. So I apologize. Hey, Dan, we're just happy you can join us. Thanks for joining us. Well, Go I'm ahead. glad to be here, and I love you, Chris. I'm glad to see you or, or talk to you as well. How are you? Yeah, good Good to speak to you, Dan. It's, it's always a blast when we get together, mate. Um, yes, you know, sir. I, I can't believe you were late because, you know, I'm only like 3,000 miles up the other side of the world that I'm on time, brother. <laughs> truth yeah what is it like was it 3 a.m there 2 a.m it's, it's about it's about nearly half past one in the morning ah yeah well we appreciate your dedication that's for sure oh mate mate I'd, I'd, you know any time any time's a chance to talk bears with you boys mate I'd, I'd get up at three in the morning regardless it doesn't bother me mate uh any opportunity to speak to you boys bring it on you're such a champ, Chris. Thank you so much. <laughs> is is Cliff out still because of the hurricane? Yeah, Cliff's out, but he's in. He was in chat. Yeah, he's in chat. He he says he has a good enough uh, uh, connection on his phone to be able to talk in chat, but not enough to be able to join us on the show. So, hmm. hotspot. Thank you, Cliff. We miss you. Hope you get that internet going soon. Hop back on with us. I hope he and his fa his family are well. Yeah, yeah. I think that, that they seem to be doing okay. It's just they they don't have their internet. So, and I think he said he lost a may have lost a couple of cars to the hurricane. So, I mean that's you know it's better losing your house. So, mm -hmm. but True. I'm not going to speak for him. We'll let him talk when he comes back on the show when he gets back. You know. Cliff, we, we miss you. We can't wait for you to come back on the show with your Cliff Notes. We're not, in fact, I didn't even attempt to do the Cliff Notes tonight because I was just too busy doing other things. It's, it's, they're kind of my version of Cliff Notes. So we do have like some stats we're going to pull up, but you know, we, we do miss you, Cliff, and your Cliff Notes. So we'll see you soon, buddy. Um, Dan, we were just talking about that. I mean, the game was going. The beginning of the game seemed like the same old, same old. And then that defense, that second half defense took over again. 
And they didn't allow that first touchdown until the very end of the game. And it seemed like we were we were going to come back and win that game. The, the momentum felt that way. And we were just talking about, have you ever had this, Dan, where you just feel that they're going to turn the ball over soon kind of feeling. I had that myself in the game. Like, Cousins is going to throw an interception soon. They're going to fumble. Something's going to happen. We're going to get this ball back. I feel that. Do you ever feel that, Dan? Yeah, it was the complete opposite of the New York game the week before where you just had this feeling, this frustration that nothing we were doing was working. And we had no momentum at all. And it just felt like, God, there's just – we're not going to win this game. And you keep thinking there's something's going to happen. There's got to be a chance for us to win this game because the giants aren't any good. But then again, they're four and one now and they've beaten green Bay. But to answer your question, conversely against Minnesota, it felt like, man, this game's ours now. Like Justin has got, he's, he's in a rhythm and finally he's got some fluidity. The offense is, is, is moving. We just need the defense to get one stop, just one fucking stop. Come on. You give up all those touchdowns in the first half, and we still got you back in the game. Get us a stop. But no, they let Cousins go on a drive for, what, like seven minutes, pick up three or four uh, third downs. It was so demoralizing. And, and even so, Fields was still driving us to potentially tie the game once more. So I felt like – if there's not a fumble there, the Bears are going to tie it for sure. And all he had to do was go out of bounds. And the, the penalty on Fields' touchdown was called on him too. Although right. although I will say that was a bullshit penalty. And the corner like threw his arms like he was, you know, being accosted by someone with a weapon. I mean, <laughs> it was complete acting. It was like, you remember in the I'm sure you watched the NBA back in the day. Like for years, Vladi Divox was thought of as the most serial flopper in the league, where he was constantly right. like rotating over. And then, oh God, I, I can't stand now because of this other man's power or whatever, which was bullshit. That's the way it felt. Like that was a flop. That was mm -hmm. a flop. And I can't believe they threw that flag there. Fields should have scored. And if he does, I don't think we lose. I don't think we lose either. No, I think I think we would have definitely won. It reminded me of um, of a soccer player because that's what they do to try and get a, a free kick on a penalty, which absolutely drives me insane. Even though I hate soccer, uh, and, and I think you're <laughs> dead right, Dan. I mean that that do but basically costs us the game. I think I think if 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 that, that touchdown would have stood uh, with Fields, I think I think we would we had him on the ropes then, and it was just a matter of uh, finishing the job then. So yeah, I, I I I just feel exactly like you two boys. I was I was so gutted, but like I said to uh, it's really hard because you both called Dan, so I'm gonna have to like say Mr. Shorty and Dan. Uh, uh, so like <laughs> Mr. Shorty and myself, we ch were chatting before, and then I I don't I don't think I've ever felt so happy after a loss because it was just sort of like like you just said, Dan. It was like compared to last week's game against uh, the Giants. It was so frustrating and miserable to watch. But this time, you know, with the comeback in the second half, you know, I felt a lot, a lot more positive after that. Right, yeah. at least you had some hope at the end of the game there, you know, and yeah. you didn't get that in the Giants game. And, and then the hope is just dashed by just this. Oh, God. It happened so quickly <laughs> that I kept thinking, is there a chance like his knee was down Show the replay, show the replay. I'm not sure that it's over yet. And 
Damn. I mean, it, if it had just if he had held on until like a half more second, he would have been down. Yeah. And even if even if they had, you know, back to the touchdown that Justin Fields ran into the end zone and they called the penalty on Marset, if that touchdown stood, and even if the Giants did score again, the Bears would have been just trying to get into field goal position. And maybe that would have caused Marset to actually run out of bounds. I don't know. Maybe they told him to not run out of bounds. You I know what I think that was? Press conference. I, I, I don't want to try to speak for him, but that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to speak for him. Uh, <laughs> that's his former team, man. They caught him, and he did well. He did okay last year. I mean, he had a game against the Bears where he did superb or superbly. I think the kid's just trying to make a play. He's like, you're gonna, right. you're thinking I'm going out of bounds, or I'm going to move this cut. I'm going to cut on you, and I'm going to go all the way. I think he's right. just trying too hard, and I know it looks so bad when you combine that with the penalty. But again, I thought that was a flop too. So I'm not trying to give him a pass, but at the same time, I don't want him cut. Like if you told me Dante Pettis was cut today, I would cheer that. I mean, the guy's dropped like 12 straight passes mm. since catching the one touchdown against San Francisco. Right. <laughs> He's a bum. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd cut him today. He is a bum. I would have cut him. I would have cut him halfway through the bloody game. You're absolutely terrible. Where is Velas Jones, guys? Where, where is the no. plays designed for him? You know, I wanted to comment on that too. Not, I'm not. I want. I don't want to interrupt your thunder, but with Velas Jones, at what point in our lives? Because I presume we've all watched football for years. When did the end around become a touchdown pass? That's a running play. Yeah. Why? I mean, yeah. good. I'm glad Fields got a touchdown for it, but that's a handoff. Why is that a pass? Like, what year did that become a pass? That's a fucking well, end it, around. Is it just because he flicked the ball into the air as he was coming to it? But that's what made it a pass. It's he a didn't actually play. put it right there. I know. I think that's it's a running it, play. I think it's because it went forward. It's, you know, the ball went forward in a sort of pass, so I think that's why they call it a pass. But I, I, I'll be you, Dan, on that one. I mean, it is, it's a running play. It's just basically a handoff, isn't it, really? Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, it feels like to me, if it, 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 going back 30-plus years, but if if that's Jim McMahon handing the ball to Dennis Gentry on an end around, they're calling that a running play. But mm. I, I don't know what year, what year that came a pass. But I was glad to see Valus Jones get something positive to um, – you know, he had the, that fumble that cost us the Giants game in theory. So it's good he had his head up and and scored, got his first touchdown. Something positive, something to build on is what I'm trying to say. But, yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. if Pettis, Pettis has – even if he's not released, how in the fuck aren't you putting Harry in there this week or Valus Jones? Like, he, he's got to be the last man. I wouldn't even have him active Thursday. No, I mean, if they put Harry in this week – I would imagine that he would probably not be active. I mean, <laughs> it, you're right. It, it's it, the dropped passes have just been in, ridiculous. I mean, come on, man. How many yeah, more passes would now? Yeah, go ahead. I was waiting because of the delay, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Actually, sometimes because it's me, people can't actually tell if it's the, if it's the delay or it's just me being really slow. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, I, I, I mean, 
obviously we can't cut him because we're just we know we're so much sort of down on numbers on the wide receiver. But that guy sucks, man. I, I hate calling people <laughs> a bum and, and because he's a professional player, but that fucker sucks. It sucks as bad as his hairstyle, man, which is terrible. So, uh, <laughs> so coming from me with a, a fucking bush on my head, but uh, no, that guy to me. I, I, I'm, I'm with you, Dan. Really, I, I won't. I won't have him on the active roster on on Thursday if we've got enough players. I think he. I think that might sort of get him. Uh, you know, get into the jug machine and, and and learning how to catch him. And also as well, I think he needs to man up a bit because a lot of the passes to him were ones where you knew you were going to get sort of a hit by maybe a linebacker or a, a safety. And I think he just needs to man up because he was sort of looking for his contact before he caught the ball. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I, I mean, you were quite impressive in the preseason, but that's the preseason. This is this is this is big time now, man. So, uh, yeah, I hope, I hope the same. The irony is he re- he's been a punt returner in his life, and a lot of those punt returners just take shots after shots. So, if he's been effective returning punts, when which is basically catching a football when you know seven guys are about to hit you. And he catches the ball then, but like you said, wide open and a button hook, then he can't catch it. It's just maddening. Like, how can you catch it when it's so much more, so many more bodies around you and the shit's like right in your face, but a simple catch you can't make? I remember that Niners game, that pass that the the pass that kind of broke down, and he was wide open. I remember thinking at the time, like, Wow, that's a play that's so wide open. He could almost drop it, you know. And I'm surprised mm. he didn't now after all the other drops we've seen. Yeah. Or how many times how about- would you see a Bears quarterback not make that throw? Like underthrow it or overthrow, it? you know, like the receiver wide open. And- right. Trubisky puts that out of bounds. Exactly over his head. Oh, we missed it. Just just barely. <laughs> but dude. How about the probably ESP award play of the year on that Darnell Mooney catch? That was a fucking uh, what's his name from the Giants type of catch. Yeah, Beckham. Did you see that photo? I sent you the photo of that, and there's like the angle that they're showing. All the stands in Minnesota are basically empty on that one sideline. It's crazy. Yes. I, I sent it to your yes. phone. <laughs> yeah, I saw yeah. that. Yes. In fact, the picture I put yeah, I it down that, yeah, in the new background we made. Yeah, if we can, you share yeah. that one so Chris can see it. The picture? Yeah, the the catch from Mooney with nobody in the stands. It looks like a fucking preseason game. Oh, I could probably pull it up here. Let's see. Uh, you guys want to chat for a second? Yeah. Well, uh, did you all see that David Montgomery's name was misspelled on his jersey? What? There's, no, there's nothing more bears yeah, than having I... your star running back's jersey misspelled. <laughs> Montgomery's name was misspelled yesterday. It's just you like, know, God, you know, are the bears are the... What's wrong how with that? How, how did they spell it? I, I don't know. You can look it up. Uh, I'll see if I can find it, too. Oh, my yeah, gosh. I mean, the bears are like... Yeah. Go ahead, Chris. My bad. No, 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 mate. I was say I didn't even, I didn't even notice um, the, the spelling, but like I did, yeah. I, I saw something early on today, and they're on about it, and that is 
<laughs> so Chicago Bears, like you said, Dan. I mean, it's not like he's even like a rookie. He's been playing for us for a couple of years, had he, at least. Uh, so poor kid comes back from an injury, gets a jersey with, with his name spelt wrong. That's uh, <laughs> so funny. Yeah, I, I, I just it. sent it to you. Uh, it's spelled M-O-N-T-O-G-M-E-R-Y. Monto Gummery. Monto. Oh, goodness. Yeah, but I sent it to you if you want to see the article. There's a picture as well if you want me to just send you the picture. Did you, did you send it to me on my phone? Yeah, I sent you the whole article, but now I'm just going to send you the individual picture if you want to um, share it with everybody. I do. Yeah, I did. It, while you're doing that, though, I, I do have the there. picture. Of, I do have the picture of the Montgomery cut show. I think this is it, Chris. Yeah, and look at the stands behind him, yeah. or in front of him. Wow, there's no, God. nobody there. No, there's no fucker there at all. It's a fucking hell. <laughs> Maybe they're all getting food. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Maybe they try to get away from that annoying horn. What, what, what they bell out every, every time uh, Minnesota gets oh, the first goodness. down. That's so fucking annoying, man. I sent you the David Mont- Montgomery's picture too. If you... <laughs> oh, Montgomery, Montgomery sounds like a nineteen eighties family salute car to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing more bears than misspelling your own player's jersey. Oh my goodness. Like, how do you do somebody's got to be fired for that? I mean, somebody's oh, got to my. be fired. Goodness. Could you imagine any <laughs> other team that does that? No one else does that but the Bears. <laughs> Can you imagine picking up the jersey to put it on? Like, what the fuck, guys? <laughs> if I'm David Montgomery, I'm telling my agent, just get me out of here. Fuck it. They can't even spell my name right, and I'm in my fourth season. <laughs> These idiots. <sighs> Didn't the head equipment manager pass away, though? Well, I don't want anybody to die like that, but whoever took your spot then needs to be fired. Well, I remember the video of Eberflus and the guy giving him the... It's the one that the Bears put out of... Yeah, giving him his... his, uh, The cap with the B on it and saying, only the Chicago Bears head coach wears this hat. You know, and I think that was the head... Uh, equipment guy and he passed away so maybe there's been some uh (laughs) that's unacceptable i don't even know how to it it is it's completely unacceptable it just makes us look like idiots man i mean even us as fans why are we following this team where they can't spell their names right (laughs) Mm -hmm. wow and then like yesterday (laughs) i thought uh, i also used the line god there's nothing more bears than this to come out the first play of the game and not have enough players on the field. Like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Yeah, I thought Very exactly first the, play of the game. Yeah, I thought exactly the same. Dad, I was like, what the fuck? Like, this is the first, you know, you're supposed to have like 10 scripted players and you can't get the, uh, you know, the right number of players on, 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 the, on the pitch to, to actually do it. And I, I just thought, this is not looking good. This could be a bad omen. Because it, it's quite funny, Dan, because I remember last week when you, uh, when you were last on the Aldo show, Dan, and you were about like your superstitions about not showering and shaving. Well, I'm getting like that now. 
Like, like I'm starting to wear like I'm starting to wear like the same shorts every week and the same feels jersey and, and I think I think you've got into my head somehow and uh, you know like doing the same routine in the, in the Sunday morning before the tailgate show. So uh, the older I get and the more the more I hear you, Dan, the more superstitious I'm getting, brother. Well, I can tell you, yesterday I didn't shave or shower before the game. I waited till after. And I wore a Walter Payton jersey instead of Fields, and we still lost. Ah. So. Oh, man. You'd have fought with the power of the sweetness, we would have won. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was like. Maybe this 1983 Walter <laughs> Payton jersey is going to help me. But it did not. It obviously did not. But yeah, it helped Fields, like, apparently. I, yeah, I'm like that. Because <laughs> Justin looked I'm solid, man. As soon as he completed that ball to, uh, to Mooney, it's like he was like, okay, I know how to play quarterback. Fuck all these guys criticizing me. Mm-hmm. I'm down in Florida, and there's this great Chicago food yeah. place down here. And I thought, if I have a Italian beef for lunch, that'll that'll get the win for the game. Because normally I have an Italian beef for lunch, you know, in Illinois. And I went there and had my Italian beef for lunch, and they didn't win the game. So I guess I won't do that next time. <laughs> I read someone put a comment in the in the chat group. But one of you all were talking, if you don't mind me backtracking, someone said that the Thursday night game is replayed on NFL Network. Is that correct? After the game? The no idea, mate. Someone said in the chat group that the Thursday night game will be replayed after the game on NFL Network. See it right there it is. NFL Network is replaying the Bears game. Gives you a chance to look at the image you'll play. The D-line is rough to watch. He's a rookie, but not anyone's anyway. Okay, it, really? So they're playing it on Amazon, and then they're replaying on NFL Network right when it's done? I hope if that's the case, so then I can really watch it for real after the yeah. game then. so. Uh, and, and, well, if you can't, short, I, I can hook you up with that. It's a short, you, know, you know what? Sorry to put in, mate. I know, terribly rude. You know you're on about having your Italian beef? You know when you went back home, back to Illinois, to see the first game, and little short videos of your favourite places to eat. And I just kept yeah. thinking, next time I see Mr. Short, when he's back home, he's going to be like 25 stone or 300 pounds, because he's just been eating all this fantastic Chicago food. <laughs> I know I thought the same thing, Chris, but the key to that is I just fast. So that was like my well, only right, meal right. of the day. Yeah. I might eat one little thing later on, but that was like my main meal of the day. It was kind of a pain in the ass because I had to drive, you know, 30, 40 minutes everywhere to get a, every one of those different uh, meals I was eating. They weren't all right in the area I was staying. So, yeah, that was, that was, that was a lot of fun doing that because th- th- there's good food back home. Really yeah. I mean that that, I that, that were really good. that were really cool for me because I'm obviously you know I've never been to Chicago and uh, I always heard about the great food and and the location so it was really good for me to see that but yeah I thought Dan's either gonna have an heart attack due to the overeating of the meat <laughs> or you're gonna come back and you're gonna like William Perry in the fridge or something you That's know what I mean you, you look you look good on it anyway uh, Mr Shorty anyway you look good on it so uh, it, you know you you know it obviously works what you were doing. No, I appreciate that, Chris. I, I was wondering the same thing. Like, normally when I go home, I gain, you know, 10 pounds from all the food. But this time I just tried to make sure because I was new, I knew I was doing all those different shorts for it. So I, I had to just make sure I didn't eat, you know, 12, 12 to 14 hours in between each meal just to kind of, 
help keep myself from not getting, you know, overweight, <laughs> like too much overweight. <laughs> Sorry, <Diana>. although, you, <laughs> although you go back down to Georgia and you just you sweat it all off anyway. So you just right. a couple a couple of hours in the yard and you sweat it off. It's cool. crazy. I'm glad you enjoyed yeah. that though, because really it, it, it's if you've you've never had an Italian beef, I know we talked about this, Chris, but and you just said it, but oh my goodness. You have to look up online to see if you can order Portillo's from I've, I've where you it, live. And they, they don't do uh, they don't do international shipping, unfortunately. So uh, so I was going to order, order some. Um, so that's a bit of a downer, but I am going to try and get to Chicago next year. So uh, 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 you know, I will visit all the good food food joints and uh, and check it all out. But yeah, sorry to take us on oh, a little yeah. bit of a slant from the game there. Sorry. <laughs> And, it, and when you do, keep in touch. I'll try to go home and yeah. meet you so we can go out to some of those places together. That'd be a lot of fun. Oh, that would be awesome. Make a few videos as well. That would be really cool. You got to try to catch a game too. Oh, definitely, mate. Definitely. That, that's, the, uh, that's the fantasy what I keep thinking about every week is get your ass into gear and uh, start saving <laughs> up some money. And, and you know, because it's like, you know, outdoor so I can stay at this for a few days. So, um That'd be really cool. And if I could do it, sir, like, I don't know if Dan's going to get, I know Dan's going to two games this year. It'd be cool. It'd be absolutely awesome to meet Dan in person. That'd be, uh, that'd be really cool as well. So it'd be nice if we could all, like, organise a bit of a big gathering and uh, get to a game and a go for a drink after. Absolutely. That's what we're doing this for the Dolphins game. So yeah, I'm we so can jealous. recreate that again. Oh, yeah. Me too. I'm jealous for us. <laughs> it's going to be fun. <laughs> but so guys i have some stats pulled up here i took a little time making them so i might as well pull them up while we're while we talk so uh, overall your feelings about this game like you and i chris we talked about it it's kind of like this game we why do we feel so good about a loss and i'm not sure if we kind of got your feelings on that too dan but here we finally have a game that Justin Fields for throws. He finally throws for over 200 yards and one touchdown, no interceptions, 118-7 rating. He was only sacked twice, guys. Wow. Only twice. Amazing. Eight rushes for 47. Should have been 110. Two fumbles, but none lost. And then Kirk Cousins, I mean, he was – he was passing the ball over the fucking place. So that 30, one fumble 40. was Mustafer's fault, though. That that fucking bad snap. He's an idiot, man. He just he is. I know Olin Krutz likes him, and that seems like the only reason he keeps his job. <laughs> like you got to put Patrick in there and move somebody else to to left guard. I like Mustafer is the weak link. There's no way around mm -hmm. it. He is the weak link. I mean. uh I mean, why can't Patrick get back to center? What's going on? Yeah, I, mean, I think that, they, they're going to keep him at left guard now that Whitehair's out, I believe. Oh, God. What were you going to say, Chris? Uh, no, I've completely forgotten now. Where, where were it now? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the thing as well is, the, the surely can't still be saying his hand is, is still, you know, 
that still injured on his hand, so he can't snap the ball. If you're playing a game where in his position you're always going up for your hands to do some blocking, I just don't get it. And 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 you know, and uh, Patrick has struggled a bit as well in left guard. I mean, he played better, you know, against the Vikings, but against the uh, Giants, he was terrible. So, um, you know, I just I'd rather have Mustafa as the left guard rather than in the centre. Me too. I had a friend that once had surgery on her hand, and it the nerves never really took, and her hand was never the same after that. And so I wonder if he's having some kind of nerve damage issue from the surgery or something, because it seems to me that with as much time as he's missed, he should be back on the field by now at center. I mean, I don't know. I'm curious to see what they have in Jatari Carter at left guard. I think, like I said, I think he probably would be back at center, but it's because of the injury to Cody Whitehair. But, you know, I I just, every week I watch, I'm like, man, Mustafer and Borum. And so many people like Borum. I mean, not not that Lucas Patrick has been great or anything, but I just feel like Borum and, and, Pat, and Mustafer don't have it, man. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about Borum yet either. And Mustafer is definitely having some issues. They must not want to play him at left guard. Mm. I mean, if that's the case, if they're if they're keeping him at center and they're putting Patrick at left guard, what's with the hesitance to maybe swap those two if he can play center? If Patrick can play center. Maybe Mustafer's no, that bad at left guard. <laughs> maybe he is. <laughs> God. <laughs> Maybe he's a revolving door too. We got some more stats here. So Darnell Mooney, fifty-two, two catches, fifty-two yards. Montgomery, four catches, sixty-two yards, long of thirty. Cole Komet's getting more involved. EQ St. Brown, yeah, and then Amir Marset with the with the fuck umble. <laughs> that's what I'm oh, calling that. I'm calling that the fuck umble. It's, it's not quite a fumble. It's 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 more like a fuck and a fumble, but it's more like a strip. So I'm calling that a fuck umble. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. Then, but, go ahead. Go ahead. No. Then of course, Phelous Jones finally getting his touchdown with his one reception. By the way, he said that he likes to foreshadow things and kind of. Uh, kind of think about them and bring them into fruition just through like thought. And he said that he he thought that his or he saw that his first catch for a touchdown would be in this game, and it would be his very first catch would be a touchdown. And even though that's not really considered a catch like we talked about, it still I guess is a catch. And his foreshadowing was correct, so I got to give him that. And mm. um, maybe we're being too hard on. Mustafer and everybody as opposed to trying to dissect the the defense right now, or maybe it's Allen Williams. I don't like. Why are you playing off on the corners when Jefferson is just beating you to death? Like, come up and do some bump and run, something, make some adjustments. They did later in the game, but why would why do you wait till it's twenty one to three to make an adjustment? Mm. No, you're, I mean, you're Jalen right, Johnson's not that big of a difference maker that his mere presence. 
on Sunday would have mitigated all of those touchdowns. So come on, man, push the corners up a little bit. And, and now it's, now it's like Robert Quinn has become Khalil Mack zeros on the stat line. Yeah. It's kind of what we were all worried about though. It's, that seems to be his pattern of his career. You know, a lot of sacks one year, very little the next. Yeah. I mean, I I agree with that. Mr. Shorty. I mean, me and Aldo were discussing on the tailgate show, and you know, we were discussing like maybe they might trade him before the deadline, you know, because he he's getting pressure, but he's just not getting to the quarterback. Um, so I, I mean, I'd be quite happy if they trade him, you know, like near that. If 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 we got if we definitely know we're not going to be in the playoffs, then I'd be quite happy to trade him and get like a third or a fourth round pick for him. I don't see us. Yeah, maybe a fourth round pick. But I don't mm. see them get much for him at this point. I mean, if he was lighting it up on the in the sack chart, then they might be able to get a third or a fourth for him. But do you think he's worth anything now? He's not producing really. There's mm. there's no numbers that are jumping off the eye test even. So much less the stat chart. So I don't know. Interesting mm. question. Dan. I'm How do you just, feel about I, Robert the, Quinn? I yeah, Robert Quinn, like I didn't expect it to be as much of a drop off. Like I didn't, I, I didn't think he'd give eight, 18 and a half sacks again. I still mm. thought he'd get ten, you know, like nine, eight, somewhere through there. Like he's doing nothing right now. And it feels like all of his pass rushes, if, at least when I see him, he's going so upfield and so far away from the quarterback, and then he's trying to cut back toward him but he's going like his technique is too far away and i mean who am i to tell robert uh, robert quinn about his technique i mean the whole time he was a linebacker with the bears he was saying that i'm a defensive end i'd rather be in a four three and now he's back in the four three and playing defensive end and like i said it feels like every time he rushes he goes past the quarterback and tries to come back toward him and he's just so far out of the play that he can't catch up He's also not getting any younger. So, I mean, what is he, 33? I think Perhaps. he's around that age, yeah. I think he's around that age. Yeah, so, I mean, normally a 33-year-old defensive end, you're looking at the, the bottom of his career. You're not really expecting much from then on out anyway. So, I don't know. I, it, I didn't really expect anything more than eight stacks out of him this year. What does he have, two? I think he's I got think one. Yeah. I think yeah, he has I one. Think that's right, yeah. Hmm. That's so probably. really, and, and Gibson's it. not getting any pressure either. Yeah, well, he had a sack the last game, didn't he? That was the, his only sack. The only sack of the game, I think, was Gibson. Well, it just felt like he was a, a player that was on the ascend. That he was going to potentially get eight, nine, ten sacks this year. How many does he have? One, two. I think you're right there, Dan. Yeah. He doesn't. Let's see. We have the. He doesn't even have the sack. The one sack goes to Justin Jones. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, you're right. I knew that too. I don't know why I didn't think about that, but I remember seeing that yesterday. That oh, Justin Jones has got a sighting. All right. <laughs> right. He hasn't done much either. But look at that, Jalen Jones, thirteen tackles and nine solo. Kyler Gordon. I, I'm going to talk about that too. Kyler Gordon, 
He's he's getting better. He had a great learning... open field tackle on somebody, and he grabbed their ankle Ooh. yesterday. Which two in a row? Was, yeah, but that one was it was a hard. That's a hard tackle Ooh. to make. The way he did it, and it was so effective. You know. Mm-hmm. Eddie Jackson nine tackles. He's coming up. He's laying the wood too. Roquan Smith regresses with eight. Oh man, did you see the tackle he missed on Cook? I think yeah. it was Cook or maybe Cook's backup number two, whatever that kid's name was, in the backfield that could have forced them to punt on one of those big drives. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and he burst yeah. through him. Kyla Gordon has been playing well though. He's been getting better and better and better, and that's all you can ask for. It it it, it helps that I, it looks like they're kind of keeping him at one position, especially with Jalen Johnson out. So the kid's getting better. And, you know, for all the, the, the shit talking he was getting the first couple of games, you know, with some of the mistakes he was making, I knew the kid would rebound because he's got the skills. I mean, he is so athletic and so just uh, flexible. And mm -hmm. the way that you see him just get to those tackles like we were just talking about are impressive. Two of them were like shoestring around the ankle, you know, tackles, I think back to back to, to stop the Vikings. So kids getting better. Can't ask for any more than that. Yeah. I no. mean, I kind of felt like the first couple of games when he was really struggling that that's an outlier. I mean, he's in his first two professional games. He's going to get right. better. Like even then, I, I think I said on one of the two shows that, oh, I don't, I'm not worried about Gore, uh, Kyler at all. He's going to be okay. Hmm. I wasn't worried about Kyler or Brisker. Really, I wasn't worried about Velas Jones either, but I don't know what the problem is getting him on the field. It's it's a bit altered, isn't it? Yeah, I would have expected some design plays for him by now. You have to you know? think that by Thursday night, given that Pettis is just is struggling so badly, you have to think his coming out party in terms of offensive numbers and plays on the field is going to be Thursday. It's It's got to be. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know if you all saw the end of the Washington game either. It just popped in my head. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. And if this guy beats us, fuck if we deserve to lose. I think Carson Wentz is a bum. And they, they had a chance to beat the Titans. Last play of the game on the goal line, it was like third and goal or whatever, and he got picked off. With like you know five seconds to go or whatever, I I think he really is not only a massively shitty person, and I base that on the fact that when Foles won the Super Bowl, they had the camera on Foles as the confetti's falling, and he he goes up to Nick and within ten seconds and goes, "Next year, this is gonna be me," just with the jealousy permeating from this fucking man. He never washes his face. He has bumps all over him constantly. He has bad hygiene. <laughs> I know he stinks. <laughs> And his fucking game stinks. If he beats the Bears Thursday, fuck it, we deserve it. I'm not gonna beat around the bush like we did with Daniel Jones and be like, I'm not. I'm afraid. I'm gonna say he's a Hall of Famer, and he still had a great game. Carson Wentz is a bum. You, you, yeah, you know what, he, Daddy? Oh. So, sorry. No, go sorry, ahead, buddy. Uh, I didn't know. I didn't know anything about uh, that Super Bowl. What he said to Nick Foles. That's absolutely fucking terrible. Yeah, if, if, you, I Nick I, Foles, if I were Nick Falls, I'd have picked up a Lombardi trophy and go, you're never going to get one of these. I got one, and you're never going to get one. I know the other things I've heard about his character as well. Uh, you know, it, it'd do my head if I had to be one of his teammates. I really would. 
and I've never rated him anyway. I know he had that sort of he had that good season before he got injured a couple of years ago. Well, probably about three or four years ago now. But uh, yeah, I agree with you there, Dan. I think he's a bum as a player and he's a bum as a person. Mm-hmm. If you, I don't know, like not trying to be funny or anything. I, I, I assume YouTube is the same in in Europe that it is here, in terms of access to videos. Yeah, it's the if same. You can, if you can see, just go and watch the Super Bowl Fifty Two replay, just go to the end of it. It's like as soon as the game ends, like I said, the confetti is just starting to fall. The Eagles have won, and they've got the camera on Foles because they're like, you know, he's a Super Bowl MVP. That's the moment Wentz says it, and it picks it up on the mic. Oh, wow. As, as I like to say, Dad, what a fucking wanker. <laughs> <laughs> he is a wanker. Although I feel too pretentious to say wanker as an American, though. So. There, it, t- <laughs> it, t- it, t- it sounds beautiful when you say it, Dad. You, you make it sound like some of what's really good with your beautiful voice. You don't have that Northern <laughs> England voice like me where it just goes wanker. <laughs> He's a wanker. It's a fucking wanker, mate. A fucking wanker. <laughs> That's a, he's a fucking down. wanker, mate. He looks like he doesn't bathe. I'm telling you, he's got like boils and shit on his fucking <laughs> neck and face. I'm like, dude, wash your face. If your face is that dirty, you know your ass stinks. You know it. <laughs> I just I always said, and, and he's dead now, so I don't want to take any like shots because I liked him in his broadcasting career too. But I always thought when Tony Siragusa played, I was like, that dude just looks like his arms would stink. Like you yeah. just know his pits smell like complete and total onions. So, I, and I feel like Wentz would have the worst ball bag smell and butt smell. He just, yeah. He's a skank, man. Yeah. He'd have that cheesy knob smell. <laughs> he's got the same boils on his asshole. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, no, I, I I agree with you, Dan. <laughs> we have to beat this dirty fucking guy Thursday. Literally, no integrity, no fucking ability to wash his ass. He, we can't lose uh, to him. And you would think Eberflus knows how to beat this this cunt, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, did uh, Chris? Have you ever seen a movie? It's actually. I was going to ask you, is cunt a word that's used a lot in England? Because uh, Guy Ritchie directed this movie called The Gentleman. Right. uh, From a few years ago with Matthew McConaughey. And uh, uh, it's phenomenal. And Hugh Grant's in it as well. It's fucking great. But I watched it with the subtitles. And they say cunt like every other word. Is that that a big thing in England? Um, It's not as big as wanker. I mean, cunt to, the, the word cunt is like, it's like the worst word you can say to anybody. It's like the nastiest thing you can say to anybody is cunt. It's, it's, I always remember an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm where they're playing cards and, uh, and uh, what you call him, the, the main star. Oh God, what's he called? Like Larry Davis, obviously. Oh, Larry, you know, Larry, play, Larry David, yeah. Yeah, and they're playing cards and this this player won't go for like you know he sort of chickens out of it and he calls him a cunt and like all the table just goes quiet and that's what it is like over here if i if oh man it's like it's like i don't know it'd be like me i don't know slapping somebody's mum in front of them or something it'd be terrible <laughs> so wait what's worse cunt or whacker cunt or, or waker i mean so cunt is worse than waker no. yeah yeah 
Yeah, and, and also yeah. as well, you know, you know, like use, you know, like use the word fanny for backside. Well, a fanny to us mm. over here is a woman's vagina. <laughs> Aldo Gandia in the house. How about that? Hey, you see him in the Aldo, menu. hit that like button for your country. <laughs> There's country. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Aldo. Hey, Dan, have you ever seen the show Deadwood? I saw it on when it was on HBO. It didn't stick out to me. It didn't make me want to watch it. I, I've seen an episode here or there. Have you seen that show, Chris? I haven't. No, I'm not a, a massive sort of uh, TV, you know, series guy. Really, it's too much commitment for me. When you when you know you got to watch about 18 shows in a season, it's too much. Oh commitment. no, this is this is way before that. This is back in like the early 2000s. It was on HBO, right? And, right. Uh, it, it was just a show about this gold mining town in, I think, South Dakota. And they said cunt every other word. Like, if you took a shot at every time they said the word cunt, if you took a shot of beer every time they said the word cunt, cunt you'd be drunk in a half an hour. I mean, <laughs> or less. They said it so much. But it, I'm surprised that they... That 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 word isn't uh, so. That's like the ultimate word in the uh, in yeah. the UK. Has huh? like when you say that, that you're that, serious. That, that's a bit. Yeah, that's a big no no. You know, I mean that that's 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 the word where you really you really want to say for your worst enemy is calling it a cunt. <laughs> it really is. It really is. I mean, I, I, feel, so I, I feel I feel quite bad just saying it now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I shouldn't have used it, but uh, it, that's kind of how I feel about uh, Carson Wentz. Yeah, yeah. I think we all do. <laughs> yeah. And a smelly, I felt, a smelly one as well. I, I felt bad for him <laughs> when he blew out his knee. He was having a MVP ish season and blew out his knee. But uh, just the after uh, aftermath of everything that happened after that, you could just tell he's just like you said, Dan. He's he's just he doesn't and, seem like a very good guy. And it was Ursay, the Colts owner, that was like personally trying to like, I'll take anything for him. Please, mm -hmm. t please trade for him. It was Ursay mm -hmm. was like, I hate this guy. He's a parasite. We've got to trade him. Like, imagine if uh, you know our guys, George McCaskey, would interrupt or interfere in the team and just say he's got to go. He kind of did that with right. Anthony Miller. Now that I think about it in that press Ooh. conference, he's like that punch was unacceptable in the playoff game, and and then you know they moved him. So. Maybe he did, but yeah, Jim Ursay wanted him gone, and uh, and and he got his wish. I just think Wentz is a bad teammate, a, a, a definitely a guy that has no hygiene, and we we can't we can, but we should not lose. For years, we lost to the Redskins every time we played them, whether it was in Washington or Chicago. It was like eight straight games we lost to them, including the playoffs. But they're not even the Redskins anymore. It, it, it's time to beat them. Hmm. Well, I would like to know, like, your thoughts on this up and this upcoming game. Like, what do you think uh, with them, the both of us only having four days to prepare for this Thursday night game? Let's talk about that in just a moment. Uh, Kitty, let's come back right after this. We'll talk about that. This Thursday, it's game day at the Barroom Network. 
At 6 p.m. Central, 7 Eastern, it's a special Buffon 55, a pregame show of the Bears and Commanders. You'll get John's passion for the Bears along with an expert covering the Commanders. And then at halftime, it's Bear football. John, Danny Shimon, and Tyler Ellis break down the Bears' performance. That's this Thursday on the Barroom Network, the bearer of Bears news. Do you guys feel that we have an advantage in this game? Because Eberflus has played, you know, so many different practices against Carson Wentz. That should be an advantage, but you would have thought that Minnesota would have been tired yesterday from the jet lag in London. But obviously that didn't uh, come into fruition. So, but yeah, you think he had one whole season to know this guy's weaknesses. That's got to help us a little bit. Plus, uh, Alan Williams is tied to the Colts, and uh, you got Muhammad that was a Colt, and wasn't Adams a Colt too? So you got a couple of guys that know him fairly well, and they're the team that has to travel this week. We got to set at the crib and and eat eat our own cooking and things like that. We being a bear, like I'm one of the players, but you know what I'm saying the Bears. It should be on a short <laughs> week. It should be. Uh, it should behoove them to be at Soldier Field. Chris. Mm. It's got it's got to give us an advantage because Alan was actually a coach at the Colts. It was, was it a, quite a while on it, a defensive coach. So he'll know he'll know their philosophy inside out. So it's got it's got to be a bonus for us, definitely. And I mean, I think they've already won uh, one game anyway. So they're not they're not like you know uh, a team that's firing in all cylinders. So I mean, I'm expecting this could be a, a game where Justin Fields, you know, from start to finish, played like he did in the second half against the Vikings. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think this is a this has got to be a win because this is a team where we definitely, this is a sort of team and their level we've got to beat. We are better than them as, as a team, I think. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, th- I think the coach knowing their system and, and knowing them inside out has got to be a, a massive plus for us. It kind of feels like that, doesn't it? You know, mm. the first few games of the season – I kind of talked about this, that they were just pounding the ball down their opponents' throats, and I felt like they were trying to build the running game to allow the passing game to kind of come to fields. And I think that they might have – maybe the game plan called for them to throw the ball, excuse me, more last week against the Vikings. But nonetheless, they still did it. And – now you're starting to see the progression, I think, slowly build with the Justin Fields era where he's starting to throw more balls. His completion percentage is getting better. He's He had that game in hand at the end there. The kid has the it, you know, gene, the clutch gene. We saw him do it against the Ravens. They almost won last year. He I'm drove the ball good. down the the Pittsburgh game, that game was just, God, that was so frustrating that he just couldn't get that comeback win. And that game... It was that fucking is, that play, that penalty that cost us where the guy did like the karate kick and they said he was taunting, which was yeah. bullshit. He wasn't taunting anyone specifically. There's no difference between that and say, remember uh, 
Neil Smith with the Chiefs and the Broncos would act like he was hitting a home run whenever he got a snack, a, a, a snack, a sack. Everyone has a little <laughs> dance or something whenever they get a sack. And I just thought that was one of the worst calls of all time. Uh, combined with that one yesterday in Minnesota, that was right up there too. Yep. Another uh, victory. Is that, is that the, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Is that the game where um, the referee sort of um, stepped back right into our defensive player, and then and then he got he got a flag he got a flag flown because he bumped into a referee or something. Mm-hmm. That's the game. Or am I just tripping? <laughs> that's the game. No, that's it? the yeah, game. I thought it was. It's almost like it's a fucking conspiracy now. Field. I mean, that, that game was his signature game, and they took it away from him. And then we had this signature comeback mm. happening again yesterday, and they just took it away from them. I mean, by that, I mean on the illegal block in the back that was bullshit. That wasn't an illegal block in the back. It was a block on the side, and like you said, Danny, overacted to it. They got the penalty for no damn reason. That game would have changed if they just – that was a touchdown. Imagine if they took away that awesome run that – you know, Justin Fields has against the Niners last year, and we never even got to enjoy that touchdown. You know, it's like that's the kind of sick feeling I have in my gut from from that play in the game. In fact, let's let's pull that play up again one more time right now. Because it just it 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 it's wait, where's where is it, Kitty? I can't find it. <laughs> I lost. I it. can buy time with another point if you need me to. Please buy your time. There was point. a there was another flag in the game that really pissed me off right before Vildor got the interception on Cousins, and I got to give Vildor credit because I've often criticized him, saying I thought he stunk, but not literally like Carson Wentz would stink, but like his play wasn't <laughs> very good. But the play before that was what third or fourth down. And uh, the I think it was fourth down, Minnesota goes for it, and they don't get it, and they called a bullshit penalty on the Bears and gave them a first down. But then the next play, uh, Wentz got, or uh, uh, Kirk Cousins got intercepted. But the penalty on the Bears was, again, another one of those, like, oh, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Like, it was just a terrible call. You know the one I'm talking about? Right before the interception, it's fourth down, the Bears hold them, and, of course, yeah, they throw yeah. a penalty. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. like, and then there was one point in, in the game too early on when Fields had a wide open receiver in the end zone. I can't remember who it was. And the Vikings players not looking back, not trying to defend the ball, and is all in his face and touching him, and they don't throw a fucking flag. <sighs> I know. I mean, here's I, another I mean, one. The, the here, here, here's Sorry. No, go ahead, Chris. I'll just. I was just going to say, the one thing what still baffles me is that the referees aren't full-time. You know, the NFL's like like the biggest league in the world, you know, profit-wise and probably viewed. And we still have referees who have other jobs, you know. And I think, really, I can't, you know, they need to sort of make them full-time so we stop having these crappy calls all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the one with Here's Harrison Smith. That's it. The one with on Mooney. Mm -hmm. Where he's yeah. not even trying to make a play for the ball, and you you tell yep. me if this is Chicago and Green Bay that that flag isn't called on the Bears. Nope, because he didn't turn no. his head for the ball. He didn't. Nope. That's a fucking penalty. Uh, if that's the Bears playing defense, that's a penalty. 
A beautiful move to get wide open. The ball is thrown a little bit late, but he doesn't even turn his head back towards the ball. He puts his arm up and takes his arm off. That's a fucking penalty. In 1977, when defend defenders could fucking hit you in the throat, that's still a penalty. That would have been called face guarding back then. Mm-hmm. That's a penalty in any era is what I'm saying. When you could legally powerbomb another player, that one was still illegal because he's face guarding. He's not trying to make the plays, just putting his hands in your face, touching you. That's a flag. That's a fucking flag right there. Like, I'm glad Jenny wasn't watching him yesterday. She probably would have reevaluated my relationship with her. She'd be like, this guy's <laughs> losing his mind over nothing. But that was significant. Just like, I hate to have a victim complex, but when you're watching plays like that, I get it. The Bears have been bad for a while now, but come on, man. Just call the game evenly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. I know. I know. It's so fucking frustrating. <laughs> it's like, when <laughs> are we going to get those calls? That happens. Yeah. If, if that was Green Bay, that would have happened four times in one game. Yeah, you know? And, you know something else they never call Green Bay on? Whenever they throw like that little bubble screen and there's three receivers out there to start blocking for them, they always pick, they do an illegal pick, like an NBA pick, and they never caught, which is supposed to be illegal, when, again, the, the outside guy runs in and the inside guy runs out and they do a pick and they never call it, or that little bubble screen when everyone's there holding and they never call that one either. Every time Green Bay does that, they cheat and they never get that fucking flag thrown on them. Mm. Yep. Yep. And Harrison Smith, my favorite Harrison Smith moment is I know he intercepted Mitch in his first game or whatever on Monday night, but fuck him. Go back to 2015, even though we ended up losing the game, but at the end, before Bridgewater brought them back, Cutler threw his shoulder down and ran over that motherfucker in the end zone and scored, ran over his ass like... I mean, and Harrison's supposed to be a big, tough safety. And Jay ran over him like he was playing fight with children. You, you got to Yes, go I remember that. I remember it. It's, it's magical. Yes, I remember I mean, that. I he lowered his shoulder. <laughs> it was like, boom. And like I said, ran him, out, ran him out of his fucking shoes. It was fantastic. This game was lost on a double. We lost this game because of a double agent, in my opinion. Fucking Vikings paid this guy off because they knew he was going to catch the last catch of the game, and they paid him off to fucking give the ball back to the Vikings at the end of the game. They 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 planned this whole thing, Dan. I can't go there <laughs> again. I think even Marion Barber, the late Marion Barber, stupid play in Denver when he when he ran out of bounds when he wasn't supposed to. This is like the flip side of that. I think this kid's trying to make a play against his former teammates. I, I think what you're saying is in jest anyway. But no, I just think he's trying to make a play, and it's unfortunate that it came down to that. But uh, the guy, guy's just try, trying to make a play, man, trying to get more playing time. And 
it's terrible the way it played out, but again, he's trying to do something to help the bears there. I think. Mm. Yeah. But I mean, the best thing to help the bears would have been just to go out of bounds. I mean, I'm not saying he's a double agent. I'm just kidding. But I mean, why don't he run out of bounds? Uh, To me, he's just trying to make a play. I agree with you. He should have gone out of bounds. Mm -hmm. And we probably said that in real time. It's not like we waited a day to formulate that opinion. I mean, it's obvious you're trying to to maintain the clock too, but I think he did he did like a little juke and then cut it back inside, which again, it's not the right move. But if you put yourself in his cleats, maybe he's just trying to like, oh, I can get free, I can juke this guy, and I can go to the house. Maybe he's mm-hmm. just trying to make a play overly aggressive, in my opinion. Mm. Like Toreen Whitfield says, back-to-back losses on boneheaded plays. I mean, which is, last which is week quite was, a, didn't really end on a boneheaded play, but which what's is, that, Chris? I always, I'll, I'll say that it's quite surprised though that with that that that's that's the case because one of the things about the new coaching staff is that you know they they try to get you know discipline in the squad and like especially when it was like the preseason we had you know, a, a low number of penalties and we still have really throughout the season so it's been quite surprising that the players been making these uh, bonehead decisions but I agree with Dan I think I think the kid would just uh, you know try try to make the big play rather than use his head and go out of bounds uh, but he did cost us the game fortunately. Yeah, it cost us the game. Two two plays of his cost us the game. Like you, you can pick one of them, and I know he's mm-hmm. just trying to make plays. And you know we need him out there on the field to try to make plays. It's just unfortunate, you know. It is what it yeah. is. I mean, that's what sport is, isn't it? It's the, it's the drama of sport. That's why we all love watching, you know, football. It's the drama of sport, but you know, it's the knowing of the not not knowing if you know what I mean. So, uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately, we were just on the wrong side of it, you know, in that game. And hopefully, hopefully Karma will uh, balance it back up, man. Me and Dad will have to keep doing his weird uh, superstitious ways before the game. And hopefully that'll uh, bring the Karma back to the Bears. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, I didn't give up, though. I was complaining to Aldo during the game, that during those three touchdowns. I'm like, God, it's like we've got... This is worse than Nagy with the inability to make uh, transitions on on the kind of schemes you're running. But I didn't give up. Like, I remember there was a game in 2016, the year we went 3-13 and when uh, Jay was hurt his last year there. And um, we had uh, Matt Barkley and uh, what's that other fucking guy? He was number two. I, God, I just hate it. Brian Hoyer. Oh, uh- we had oh, all yeah. these horrible quarterbacks playing, and um, but we went to Philadelphia. It was the night that a couple of the Bears were supposed to be out in the strip club the night before, and we got rolled. It was like 38-3 to three or something. At that game, I actually tweeted because I was like, as much as I hate shaving my balls, I'm going to go just fucking deal with my pubic hair at the half because it'll be more exciting than the Bears game was in the first half. That's true. If you can go back and re- research my tweets, but that Bears Eagles game was like the only one I can think of in recent years where I was like, "Oh, we have no shot to win this game whatsoever." None. Yeah, I mean that. <laughs> Dan, all I've got is maybe you bent over your legs apart with a shaver. I can't get the image out of the head. You, you, 
you, you saw, I'm going to go to bed later on tonight and have all I'll see is a picture of, this, of Dan with his legs open trying try to, uh, you know, do his balls. So, yeah, cheers to that one, Dan. <laughs> He's in a mirror. I, I'm not a wolf, guys. I can't stand hair on the on my penis. So, uh, but oh, yeah, I, I, having said that, that's what I tweeted. That's like I'd rather go do that than watch the Bears Eagles game. So yesterday I was still in it though, twenty one to three. Yeah, I still I felt like we had a chance, especially when Mooney caught the ball. But even before that, I just felt like, God, we're we're not gonna we're not getting blown out today. I just had that feeling, even though when I was tweeting, maybe Aldo when I texted him, he probably kind of thought that I probably had given up again. Because I was like, this is like worse than Nagy. What is going on? Make an adjustment, you know? But I still felt like Justin was going to play better, and ultimately he did. It's just so unfortunate that we find new ways to lose every week. What do you guys think about the two-point conversion, that screen? <laughs> what the hell was that all about? Yeah. What about, what about the onside kick? What do you think about the onside screen? kick? I actually like the onside kick. I thought that was a yeah. good way to try to catch him off balance. But right, the, right. the, the two-point conversion fucking screen? Come on. Oh, I love the onside mm -hmm. kick. And it looked like they, they had a shot of getting it too. But you're right. The play call there was mm -hmm. dreadful. I, would, I was like, just give it to Montgomery. Just give it to David Montgomery. We, we make that two. Remember the Green Bay game when Phil, Fields got in, but the, the angle didn't show it enough or whatever. Right mm -hmm. there, like, just hand it to David Montgomery and let him do his thing. We make it yep. too complicated down there. Just I remember in 01 when we mm -hmm. make that big comeback against San Francisco, the Mike Brown game. Early on, it just we were creeping back in the game with A train. And I think he had two like two point conversions running the ball, at least one. Yeah, because David Terrell caught one of them. But the one he shocked them when they handed it to A train just straight up the middle and he scored on a two pointer. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to be cute there, is what I'm saying. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, they I tried think to a lot of that's down. I think a lot of that's down to coaches trying to try to be too smart, you know. Instead of just doing just instead of doing something basic where you've probably got a, you know a good percentage of work, uh, it's a bit like what Nagy used to do: overcomplicate things. And you know, like like you said, Dan, just let the guy give it to David Montgomery and let the guy run up the throat and, and get in there. Or so, do so, one of those sorry, RPOs. I keep, I keep putting in. I'm terrible. No, no, you're great. Uh, just one of those RPOs then where it's up to Fields to make the decision, either hand the ball to 32 or keep it and go in the end zone himself. And then you have mm -hmm. two opportunities based on Fields' defensive uh, you know, recognition on trying to score versus that pass, which uh, it just seems like it just it was going nowhere at all. Like there's no chance of it to go in. Yeah, because wasn't that play out of a shotgun as well? I think so. Mm. Why so did they bring they have... in the fucking fullback? I can never pronounce his name. What's the fullback's name we've got now? But Blazing bring that, game. Yeah, bring Blazing game and, and in the I formation, hand the ball to 32 or do that RPO with Fields in Montgomery. But either way, keep it – like this has probably been said by every coach in America, but our football coach back in the day would always talk about the KISS system. Keep it simple, stupid. So there you go. Just hand him the ball. Hand him the Can't ball. Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah, yeah. A yeah. little, a little uh, fullback dive right there. 
Oh, I didn't say that. Yeah. We always tried that with Jason McKee, and it never worked. <laughs> the old fullback dive, like, oh, God. <laughs> Lovey would try to sneak that in, and it did not work. Now, it works back in the day with, like, Brad Muster. Like, he'd always uh, do that effectively. Or, uh, mm-hmm. But McKee, or, who was the guy we had in the 01 team? They ran him a little bit on that, too. Um, former Dolphin, Stanley Pritchett. Like, that worked with him a little bit, too, back in the 01, 02 era. I, I just advocate giving it to the, the back there. That's what it, this is job. And, and you saw how what great that run was for Montgomery when he scored earlier in the game. That was all effort. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Blazing Game seems like the kind of guy, though, that could give you that. He seems athletic enough that you give him the ball on a fourth and one like that or a goal, a, a fourth and goal like that, that he could have enough athleticism to get in the end zone on a, on a handoff. Maybe I'm wrong. No, no. I, I just feel like I I agree with you. That just seems like one of the plays we would try and it would get blown up immediately. And then everyone would say, what are you doing handing the ball to him? You know, it just feels like that never works when the Bears do it is what I'm trying to say. Well, it's better than, you know, two opportunities at the and back almost back to back games. And you're you're doing going, you know, shotgun out of that position. That's just, I don't know. No, I agree. Again, if you go by way back, you know, if we're going back to the, the 80s, Matt Suey, Matt's going to mm-hmm. get in right there. You know, mm-hmm. so I would love to see Blazing Game get some uh, some game, some time, and some carries. Some game. Matt Suey is a little bowling ball, though. I mean, he could he had that short center of gravity, those short legs. Yeah, yeah I mean, how that in there. They were he and Walter both, you know, would get like fucking 20 carries. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's just that the, the goal line situations, the two-point conversion situations, it, it, they need to be doing something. It, they seem to be doing things a little bit too cute, and I think they should be doing something a little bit less cute than that. Like you're saying, just go to the basics. Just get the ball in the fucking end zone, you know? Stop trying to be cute on those plays. Mm. Yeah, I, mean, I was that, reading. Go ahead, go ahead, Chris. Oh, sorry, Dad. I mean, that's a bit like um, you know, you know, um, against. Um, oh my goodness, my brain. You know, against the Texans when we got nearly two hundred yards rushing, it like the most we rushed since nineteen eighty four. Um, you know, and I, I was saying that on on, on the t- tailgate show that I I couldn't give a shit if we run it. You know, a hundred times in a game, as long as you win the game, whatever works. Use it, you know. I mean, I think there's some sort of snobbery in the NFL about the run game, you know. You know what I mean? And, and, as, and as a running back, well, not now, but when I was younger, you know, I, I, I think it's just as important as the passing game. Um, so I, I really don't understand why people don't get behind the running game. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. what football's based on, really. Yeah, I was going to say people were saying in the chat room there that and I forget who said it. Um, I don't mean any disrespect and not attributing it to them, but that Montgomery still was hurt. He didn't have a lot of, uh, you know, burst yesterday and that uh, 25, uh, he's not uh, feeling well either. So then bring in Khalil Herbert on that yeah. that two point conversion then. Uh, but that's just my opinion. I mean, I like the fact that they went for it. And I love the onside kick. I love that Eberflus was like, man, we've got a little bit of momentum. Let's let's catch them on their heels now. Neither play ended up working. 
but at least he wasn't afraid to try. Mm. Hmm. Remember the Saints won a Super Bowl that way. Literally, they caught, yep. the Colts, uh, caught the Colts napping and went onside to start the second half, and it turned that whole game. Yeah, and you're you're seeing here like we've been running the ball less now. Like we we start off run heavy, and then we started to pass the ball a little bit more last week and run it a little bit. Well, we ran it a lot last week, but now going to this game, we're we're ran it a lot less than we it just because fields have all season. Fields. Fields felt it yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I think every us watching the television, we felt that he felt it like tangibly or intangibly rather. We knew he had some momentum. And I think the coaches were like, fuck it, let's ride his hot hand right now. Especially if Montgomery's not 100% like the, they were intimating in the chat room. Well, let's just lean on one, number one because he's got it right now. And he did. Mm-hmm. Even when the pass broke down he was getting out of the pocket and running around he, he had a he got a lot of first downs with his legs i mean and at the end of the game there the pocket was breaking down around him and he was getting rid of the, the ball quick i mean it was, coming he out was of his feeling hand the rush too mm. he was feeling the rush and to the point where even adam amin was saying oh look at him spin away from the rush and he didn't even look at him but he felt it so i mean those are things that two or three weeks ago Everybody on every national platform was saying that Fields can't read the defense. He holds the ball too long. He never senses pressure. And yet you see the growth in like just two games. And I bet nobody's giving him the props for that either. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because the pocket was starting to break down around him. And you would start to see him wind up. You're like, oh, God, no, don't. Don't get into that long wind up, you know, to where they're going to swat the ball out when you're bringing the. But he was like, boom, boom, boom. You you were seeing the ball come out of his hand quick when he was just darting those passes on that that on that last couple of drives, especially that last one. I really believe we were going to win the game if it wasn't for that fuck up by Marset. I really do. We mm-hmm. were going to go down there and win that game, or at the we very probably would have gotten to go to overtime. Here goes the question I have for you: if if let's say we score and you make it 29 to 28 with like two, three seconds to go or whatever, do you think Eberflus says, fuck it, our defense is gassed. They just gave up a 17 play drive or whatever for half the fourth quarter and goes for two again. I was just going to say that. I think they would have gone for two. Yeah. I've got that feeling too, that because the defense was just so done. It felt like at that point, that I think he would have gone for two again. Oh, man, imagine if he had gone for two and didn't get it, though. Yeah. <laughs> imagine if they would have gone for two and come out in the shotgun again. Would all oh, like, oh, God. <laughs> Fields got stopped at the half-yard line. <laughs> what are you God. doing, Eberflus? Again. <laughs> God. I think, I think if, that, if that had happened, I think my head would have just exploded in complete rage. Uh, you know, and if, if there had been something living, it would have been kicked if that had happened. There was a famous... I if, if I had the two to choose from, the, 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 the loss that way or the loss that way, Chris, I think I would take the loss we just had. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was an infamous game in 94, uh, Dallas at Philadelphia late in the year at the Vet, and... I can't remember the exact situation if it was fourth down and maybe there was a penalty or a timeout, but the Cowboys ran Emmett or whatever. It's like third and one, fourth and one. 
and they didn't get it. And for some reason, they got to run the they got the they got a chance to run the ball back. Maybe they went for it on third down, and the next play was fourth down, or there was a penalty. I can't recall. But Switzer, Barry Switzer was the Dallas coach then. He called the exact same play two plays, two downs in a row, and both times they lost yards. So it was just like, yeah, it was like they were furious with the play calling, but you can't believe he called the same play again and it didn't work. It just that stuck out in my head. That reminded me of the Niners game that I was at in the first game of the season when they were in our end zone and they ran a play and there was a holding and then they ran the exact same play again and got nothing. And then they punted the ball from like the five yard line. I thought, why the hell did they run that play? twice in a row that you gave him the same exact look two times in a row. And thank God I haven't seen that happen again by the bears because that was, it was the first game of the year. And I was like already questioning our offensive coordinator. And I know some people are still questioning him to this point, but I think he's an upgrade over what we've had so far. It feels like he's trying to actually build towards something. So I, he's much better than Nagy. I, I just thought yeah. of something else uh, to pull out of the the time, uh, the digging up like a, an old memory. Chicago and Miami in 97. How many times do you see a play when like, oh, you know, Mooney's wide open. Oh, and the throw, they missed it, and they don't go back to it. Well, in yeah. 97, we were driving, and we were down 18 points in the fourth quarter and came back to win the game. And Eric Kramer missed Chris Penn. I, I wish that Dan was here to hear this story, but he missed Chris Penn wide open. And like Kramer's like, ah, shit. You know, you could just tell with the body language. And they come back the next play. They ran the exact same play. He was open again and he connected the second time. The Bears never do that. Like if the play was wide open and we didn't get it, oh, well, we'll come back to it in a few weeks. But they yeah. ran the same play back to back in 97, got it on the second attempt. Yeah, you know, you know what, Dan, your, your memory is absolutely amazing. Unfortunately, I've smoked far too much weed to have any sort of memory like yours, mate. But your, your recall of uh, individual players and games, it's uh, it's just amazing. I'm just a nerd, man. I mean, that's this is the shit that, that matters. I don't know. Oh, no, I mean, I'm, I'm the same. I mean, when I, when I was younger in the 80s, uh, when I first got into football, I mean, I, 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 used, to, I used to constantly watch this video what about you well the story of the 1985 chicago bear season and i must have nearly worn that video video tape out over the years because I, I was obsessed with it i was obsessed with the story of that season um but yeah man it's your recall is absolutely amazing well uh there was another guy from europe that was trying to hit me up for games if we didn't have the problem with shit you know we're region one you're region two uh -huh. and if the shit would be compatible i'd hook you up with games the same thing with heidi where she's in mexico this it's not compatible either right and right I, yeah i can't otherwise i would send you a bunch of old games but i, I it won't play for you you know no no yeah i mean and i don't even got a dvd player these days anyway because everything what i use is, is is streaming now so uh i ain't even got a dvd player but that that's a shame man because that would have been awesome i mean i do go on youtube and try and find some like old bear games and uh, and stuff like cause i just like i just like watching football from the 1980s uh yeah. there's one youtube channel it's got loads of vintage uh nfl games on it 
and I just love watching ninety eights as football. So it just brings back really good memories for me, you know, being a kid and. I mean, all we had in the UK at the time was just a one-hour highlight show. That's all we had a week, uh, and we never, you know, the only time we got to see a full game was maybe the playoffs and obviously the Super Bowl. So uh, yeah, when I see stuff from the eighties, mate, it takes gives me a good feeling, man. I, I love agree. watching those old NFL Network films with the old mm. uh, the voice and the and Raiders. The yeah, yeah. The well, Dan, while you were gone, I wanted to make a point to you, and then I'm going to go pee too. So, but uh, I've drunk three <laughs> waters since we started here. So, and night, I was talking about how you know the Bears. Let's say you miss a wide open receiver, they won't come back to that play again until at least the second half or something. In '97, the Bears are in Miami on a Monday night game. It was supposed to be a Sunday game, but the Indians and Marlins went to Game Seven. And they had to play the World Series Game 7 at Pro Player Stadium in Miami. So they moved us to Monday. And the Bears are down 18. They're 0-7. You know, the sorry-ass Bears. And Kramer leads a comeback in the fourth quarter. And one of them, he had Chris Penn wide open in the end zone. He throws it to him. He overthrew him. And you could just see Kramer sick. Like, ah, shit, you know. And they come back with the exact same play. They got the exact same coverage. And he hit Penn on the next one for a touchdown. You never see that anymore. The gall to come back with the same pass play when the quarterback has an errant throw, and then like you run the same route and he's open again. Like the Bears never do that, but he did it in '97. Chris Penn scored, and rest is history. I'm going to piss now. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it a high, Dad. Leave it a high. <laughs> Do you have to pee too, Chris? <laughs> no, for, some, for some reason, I'm like a camel. I just go for hours, even if I'm even when I'm out having a drink. I just seem to go for hours. So I've either got something wrong with my prostate, or, or uh, you know, I just seem to go for hours, mate. So uh, no, I'm fine, mate. I'm fine. I mean, I am gonna have to leave when we finish this hour because I've got to get up in about two hours' time. But uh, oh my no, goodness, goodness. Yeah, I don't even know what to, it's. It's twenty to three in the morning over here, so I've got to get up about six. Well, I probably can stretch it to about seven actually. So I'll have to. I'll have to leave you and let you and Dan do the last hour. But no, I'm like this weird camel. I can just uh, keep getting it down and uh, and and just keep. Don't have to, I think it's because I used to go to a lot of concerts when I was younger, and the last thing you want to do is sort of, you know, miss your favourite song from a band. So I used to just stand there, even though I thought, even though I thought I'm going to piss down my leg, I'd just stand there going, I'm not going to miss this song. I'm not going to miss this song. So that must have been the start of the camel bladder. Yeah, well, you're, you're apparently your uh, prostate is doing pretty well too, so you have everything good going for you there, buddy. Cool. <laughs> well, that's like, I never thought we'd be talking about a prostate. On a on a on a, a Chicago Bears, yeah. <laughs> well, we did lose, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. It feels like the loss felt like a prostate examination. <laughs> no kidding, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you just let us know whenever you have to go, buddy. I know that uh, you're five hours ahead of us, so. No, no, I, I'm fine until about three o'clock. Until, until the end of this hour, I'll be, I'll be fine, mate. Uh, I, I, okay. I don't want to leave on a down or anything. Uh, I am sort of fading a bit because it's, it's quite late on, so uh, I don't want to sort of like slump over and look like I'm being uninterested. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> but it's uh, 
as usual, Dan, it's 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 been an absolute blast talking to you again, mate. And you and you're doing such a good job on the show, and uh, and also as well, the other show you do with the lady is it Lynn? She's absolutely amazing. She, uh, oh, her yes, energy and a, and, a, and a football knowledge and her energy, man, it's 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 brilliant. It's brilliant. So I, I, I sent her a message after your last show saying how to enjoy enjoy what she brings to the show and. Uh, but she's really, really, really good. Really good. And uh, thank you. Yeah, I keep thinking. Thank you very I keep much, thinking, Chris. I, wish, I, I always think, God, I wish my mum were a bit like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, what, what Chris is talking about is this amazing woman that I, I found. Uh, her name is Lynn Hayden, and she has her own uh, Bears podcast called Let's Talk Chicago Bears on YouTube. And I thought, this woman is awesome and she's got just great personality and she's got yeah. all these different facial expressions and stuff so i had to reach <laughs> out to her to see if she was interested in coming on the show and uh she it turns out she lives in the town she lived in the town next to me the entire time that i lived you know all 30 plus years that i lived there and she, like holy crap that was weird so yeah i mean for for everyone on barroom network uh, watching this uh, this Bears Country podcast, we have our own YouTube channel, so please go check that out as well. Uh, we do a lot of different things on there, and one of them is a show that um, I've been working on with her her that you're talking about, Chris Lynn Hayden. Yeah. We're doing a little thing called the Lowdown with Dan and Lynn. So um, please check that out on Bears Country podcast as well. By the way, make sure that you subscribe to Barum Network. Make sure you like this content. We're here for Barum Network. Barum Network has been awesome uh, having us broadcast live from their station um, to kind of give us some uh, some exposure. And we're trying to help Barum out, and Barum's trying to help us out too. So make sure you like and subscribe to uh, both pieces of content, Bears Country mm -hmm. Podcast and Barum Network. And check out what Chris is talking about. Lynn, Lynn Hayden is, uh, she's, she's a, a, a lot of fun. In fact, I yeah. have a, I have a, a little bit that I, I put down, I put together for her on the show that I do with her. I can play it for you right now, just for everyone to kind of get an idea of what she's like. She's, yeah. she's, she's funny. Hold she's on, check great. this out. Absolutely great. Check this out. That's that's Lyndon Hayden. She's <laughs> she's a lot of fun. Make sure you she check is, her out really too. Her good. channel is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I strongly I, recommend the show. What's that, Dan? I was going to say I, I didn't want to interrupt. I don't know if you'd want to show it, but I I gave you the highlights in the private chat of that Bears Dolphins game, the one I was referencing in '97. Let's see I don't know if you want to show it. It's only a two minutes. It's only a, it's a it's a sports center highlight with Rich Eisen still at ESPN on the mic. Let's let's see if that works. Hold on, let's let's try it out. Nope. No, I'd have to go and make a cut of that. I'd have to go and I'd have to make a clip of that and then pull it up into the into Streamyard here. Oh, so that would okay. take me a few minutes. All right. Well, that's fine. 
Yeah, because what, what? Why is Aldo able to do that? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Whenever we're referencing something, really? I remember. I remember I was talking to him. Uh, this is a couple of years back. The Bears were in Denver in 1996, and the Broncos were unbeaten. It's like week 11, and uh, Dave Craig is playing because Kramer had broken his neck in Detroit. And Dave Craig, like four, 48 years old, Dave Craig at the time, uh, has us at first and goal from like the one with like 45 seconds to go. And we had one timeout and we don't get in. And he, he pulled up the highlight immediately and four straight plays from like the one or the three or whatever it was. And we didn't fucking get in. It was just sickening. I wanted to win that game so badly. Is that, I don't know how Dad, to do is that, that. Dad, is that David Craig who used to play for the Seattle Seahawks? Yes, that is the same David Craig. He, wow. Uh, he, wow. Yeah, he led the Seahawks to the AFC Championship game in 1983. Yeah. And by 96, yeah. we we had him as our backup, but he played most of that season because Kramer got hurt in week four in Detroit, broke his neck. Wow. Which is what led to the Rick Meyer trade because the Bears didn't know if Kramer would ever play again, considering right. the severity of the that injury. Right. I'm not as skilled as Aldo as that as Aldo is at that stuff yet, Dan. So I'll have to figure out how to do that. But I, I don't know how to pull up that that link you said you sent me up into uh, into Streamyard here. So my apologies. No, that's I'm okay. getting there though. I'm getting there. <laughs> can, I, can I just say, Dan, that that was a really good interview as well, what you did with Kramer. I, I really enjoyed oh. it, man. And, he, and I, were, uh, I was quite surprised, how open he was about you know, his, his difficulties, what he's had through life and, his, and what, what his terrible, I don't know if it was his wife or his girlfriend did to him and and uh, yeah. and you know and how open you were really. But yeah, that was a that was a great interview by by yourself and Aldo. I really enjoyed that. Uh, thank you. It, I worked on that really hard for a couple of, mm. like a week or so back and forth. At first, I had to go through his, like, I want to say the word handler, but it's the guy that runs his Twitter, you know, the, uh -huh. that he trusts, that he met uh, when he played with the Chargers after the Bears. It's like the guy, the Chargers equipment manager or something from way back then. And uh, I was telling him to tell Eric, you know, like, Hey, we don't want to sensationalize your your personal life and your problems. We're real fans here. We're not trying to get clickbait. We just want to talk about your football days. And he insisted that we talk about that right. if he come on. He said, I want to clear my name. He's like, this lady, you know, accused me of harming her. And it's front page news. And when I'm exonerated, nobody knows. They just think of me as a wife beater. And he's like, I, I want to get my story out so badly because it's bullshit that she accused me of this and everyone just believes it because I'm a man. And so, yeah, he, he mm. insisted when we got him on that he wanted to tell his full story. And as you, if you can recall, he, he got very emotional and really worked up like to the point yeah. where I just probably should have interrupted him and got him back on track. But I was, I, I guess I was afraid to honestly, because I didn't want to seem disrespectful when mm. he was just venting from his fucking soul, you know? Mm -hmm. No, I, for I think that's what made the interview, Dan. <clears throat> for anyone who doesn't know what you're talking about, what, when was that, Dan? The interview uh, the with Eric? Summer, the summer of uh, 21, yeah. probably somewhere in June. Yeah, yeah it was it was really good. To th if you didn't listen to it, Dan, I'm not trying to put myself over here. I'm putting over Eric Kramer. The, I would Because, again, he gave us like an hour to talk football. 
And then he did an hour and a half talking about his struggles. We had him almost three hours. Mm, and wow. yeah, the like I would reference a play even when he was in Detroit and he could tell you who was in the huddle. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, absolutely. I remember it. He was my second read. Like, he can tell you all of that shit. He is, fu- despite shooting himself in the head and surviving, mm-hmm. he is sharp on his long-term memory. I mean, it's fucking, mm-hmm. like, it's unbelievably. Conversely, when I got to talk to Jim McMahon and I was sick, I was so congested. I felt bad. Like, I even thought maybe I had COVID. I didn't. Like, that's how bad I felt. And then Jim didn't remember a lot of stuff either. So mm-hmm. I felt like I, I felt like I bombed the McMahon interview because it was like my job to like make his memory. Like I wanted to make him like, oh yeah, now that you said that, you've like juggled or what's the word I'm looking for? You've jogged my memory. And it just it didn't it didn't go well. I sounded like shit and Jim didn't remember a lot of stuff, but Kramer remembered everything. Everything. I don't think that's the case at all, Dan. I, I did I see that interview with Jim McMahon. I just think that, I mean, you got Jim McMahon. It's just that's how Jim McMahon is. It's You did a great job of yeah. funneling the questions t- to him and and working around, you know, him eating a cheeseburger and all that shit. I mean, it was, it was, a, <laughs> it was a great – in fact, it got me down a wormhole for hours just watching – old uh jim mcmahon film just oh god i just i kind of forgot up until that point just how fucking good he was i mean he he was 40 49 and 17 with the bears at one point he won 28 straight starts and the one that he lost was because kevin butler missed two extra points two in denver on a monday night game in 87 the bears lost 31 29 because butler missed two extra points and that's mm-hmm. something that Bill and I used to talk about. He's like, man, uh, I didn't realize how bad Kevin Butler was until you said that. Because like Butler was so good in 85, and he hung around forever. He was with the Bears until like 90s through 95. But you can look at – he missed – hell, he missed a game winner in 91 from like 19 yards against uh, the – or that was 93 against the Raiders. There were so many game-winning kicks he missed. It didn't matter if it was 20 yards, 50 yards. He had one solid year, and he was inconsistent the rest of the way. I remember that Raiders game. That was mm. one of those fucking just penalty after penalty after penalty after penalty games for the Bears. They were at the Raiders. And they uh, got – This one was in Chicago, actually, in 93. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not to contradict you, but this one was at Soldier Field. And it was a four uh, four o'clock Eastern game, so it was dark most of the game because it was late uh, late in the year in, in November. Uh, so yeah, but that was okay, I had everything else wrong with the but the location. So yeah, I remember yeah, that game. Two field goals that would have won it, and one was from like nineteen yards, man. And like Phil was even like, God, I'd forgotten. He's like, because you know the the story, the the myth uh, around the '85 Bears. You know, Butler's very popular amongst everyone that played on the team and, and that aura. And he always speaks in the documentaries. And you just assumed he was there for 11 seasons. So, hell, he must have been solid. And I liked him, don't get me wrong. But, dude, he was really inconsistent for 10 of those 11 years. Yet he still ended up being the, what, the, he's the Bears record holder for most points scored. Well, he was around so long, and the Bears scored a lot of points yeah. at, at, at that time when you still had McMahon yeah. and Walter. And 
Willie Galt and people forget that you know the when we, when we won the Super Bowl they were not only number one on defense but number one on offense that year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's that and they game. were a better defense the next year. Yeah, statistically speaking, but Jim got slammed by the Packers and Charles Martin and that. That moment when they did that cheap shot and tore his uh, rotator cuff. Pardon me, I had to have a mic uh, because I was coughing there. But that injury, that ended, for all intents and purposes, I don't think anyone knew it at the time, but that ended the dynasty right there. Between that and Wilbur Marshall not being re-signed and going to uh, Washington, and then you lose McMahon the way he was, and then you got, you know, age catches up. You got, uh, you know, Walter retires, Fensick retires. Um, Ditka misuses Todd Bell after he comes back from the holdout in 85. Same with Al Harris. And you got egos and you lose Buddy Ryan. It's just, it's, you trade Willie Galt. There's so many things that just had to go wrong for them not to win multiple championships. And they all went wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should, we should have definitely won about another two uh, championships in that era. I mean that would have that would have such a glorious time to be a bear. I mean that's the time when that's that's when I got into the Bears and into football. Well, that time and it was such a a glorious time to be a Bears fan, uh, yeah, you know, because yeah. we were we were so competitive. Uh, but then again, it's like you just said, Dan. It was like heartbreaking as well. Like them playoff losses, what we had in the late eighties to Washington and I were just so heartbreaking. But I never think Jim. Jim McMahon were the same after that after that cheap shot from uh, Green Bay. I, th- I think that really, you know, really sort of put him back. And I don't think he were ever the same player, really. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's unfortunate. Uh, I didn't ask Jim that because, I mean, it, it's kind of insulting to a guy that still made a couple of Sports Illustrated covers uh, with some 350-yard performances later with Philly and, and stuff and comeback player of the year so i mean he did some good stuff he led minnesota to a division championship in 93 uh and beat the bears twice by the way but yeah he wasn't the same guy guy like he really limited his arm to a certain extent when he had a big arm early on but the most disheartening thing about that is like if you go back and you watch 87 week one so jim got hurt in I think week 12 of 86 and he doesn't come back to like week five or six of 87 against Tampa. So he's out for almost a full calendar year, literally almost a full calendar year. And, you know, Doug Flutie lost the playoff game. And then the next year they drafted Harbaugh number one. So you've got Harbaugh. You still have, have Steve Fuller, but Mike Tomczak starts opening night. It's a Monday night game. The giants have just won the super bowl and they beat Denver, beat them by 19 points. And they're coming back to soldier field to show, us that they're the real champs. The Bears fucking beat them into oblivion yeah. that night. They sacked Phil Sims like nine times and then sacked Rutledge a few times too. And we, even with Mike Tomczak, they were scoring, they're they're sacking him. And that game in 87, you're like, oh man, the 85 Bears are back, even though it's 87. Mm-hmm. Like this team is ferocious again. And then they had that fucking strike. And that that intensity. Never came back after the strike, and then Ditka called the strike players the spare the spare bears. He called them the real bears yeah. at that time, and he lost right. the locker room, according to Otis Wilson. And they they never were the yeah. same again after that. It's quite it's quite it's quite it's quite it's quite weird that you bring up that strike season up, uh, Dan, because uh, 
You know, Sean Payton played a quarterback for the Bears in, in you know in the strike yeah. season. Well, he actually he actually ended up playing over here in the UK in the late eighties for a team called the Leicester Panthers. So I actually I actually stood next to him on the sidelines. I used to do like the chains for the for the uh, for our club, you know, when it was a CD team playing. And uh, so I actually stood next to the guy, and uh, I think he got asked a few times about his time in Britain, but he was always a bit coy about it. So uh, yeah, it's a bit weird you brought that up, Dan. So I was just thinking about it as as you were saying that. I'm thinking, oh yeah, man, I remember Sean Payton over here, and uh, yeah, very weird. <laughs> yeah, Sean, Payton, Sean Payton was a scab, not to be political, but yeah, he crossed yeah. the line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A yeah, scab. Yeah, he was a replacement player. The, the players were on strike. And oh, he, right, 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 right. Yeah, he broke the well, strike. He, he broke the fair, strike? They, yeah, he was one of the guys that crossed the picket line and was a replacement mm -hmm. player. But there were a lot of, like, in converse, if you contrast the 82 strike, everyone, all the players are hand and fist united. So they had to miss mm -hmm. nine games. I think they played nine games, so they missed, I guess, seven. Uh, but and they ended up extending the playoff format that year too because there were just nine games. <clears throat> Pardon me. But in '87, you had some real players like Danny White with Dallas, uh, just a couple of players that like had real big names at the time that crossed the picking line. That didn't happen in '82. So that led because they had three replacement games, and then they just had to settle and acquiesce mm -hmm. and get them back because people were crossing the line. But yeah, Sean Payton was one of those at first. Mm -hmm. Wow, you know that you just totally brought up uh, like memory lane for me thinking about that strike season as a kid and just being so upset that we got all these scrubs, scabs, whatever you want to call them, coming in the game and we're like, this is our, this is the year we're going to win the Super Bowl again, and now we're watching Sean Payton throw the football for us. It's like, who the, who is this guy? <laughs> Yeah, we had yeah. two players. There may have been more, but off the top of my head, we had two players that remained Bears after that, one being Glenn, Glenn Kozlowski, good special teams player, and a lineman that we had that ended up being our left tackle for a few years in the early 90s when Jim Covert was was finished, uh, Wojciechowski. I can't I can't remember his his name anymore, his first name anymore, but at least at this is moment. Was it Dan Wojciechowski? No. I, I don't recall, but yeah, he played – with the Bears, I think until like 92, like he was there the whole time Ditka was still there. And, you know, if you go back and watch that Washington playoff game, the second one, not not the one Flutie lost, but um, the Bears had a 14 nothing lead. Yeah. It's the windshield yeah. is like minus eight. They're at Soldier Field. It's revenge. They beat us the year before. We're, you know, fucking 14 and two, and they come in our place and beat us because we didn't have our quarterback. Well, next year we've got our quarterback got Jim McMahon and we're up 14 nothing but on the second touchdown pass when he throws to Ron Morris he gets hit in the shoulder and it like Jim said on the podcast I shouldn't have played the rest of the game but he didn't want to like go out and be hurt and like have people say like oh McMahon's always hurt he just wanted to play because he could gut through it but he ended up hurting the team because his shoulder was hurting so badly after that hit but they spot he spotted him 14 points mm-hmm and and next thing you know, Doug Williams is tying the game. It's just unbelievable. And even the year before, the the defense, uh, they made Jay Schrader. Jay Schrader had the game of his life. Just kept mm -hmm. beating the blitz. It was awful. Is that, oh, is that the game, oh, Chris? 
Chris, I'm sorry. It's so late where you are. I apologize. No, for no, no, wind. mate. No, because I, I brought it up. Anyway, is that, that's the game where Daryl Green had that massive big kick return, didn't he, for them? Yeah. It should, yeah. That's the game, isn't it? But also, that's... I just going... Just good on about Jim McMahon. One of, one of the best one of the best stories I heard about him is that when they played against the Raiders and it was called the body bag game, where yeah, Jim yeah. McMahon got hit that hard that he was pissing blood. <laughs> and like yeah. they took him to hospital and they said, Look, we're gonna have to remove a part of your kidney or something. But if we do, you'll you'll never play again. And he said, Fuck it, don't do it. You know, and he got over <laughs> it and played played the following year. So I love Jim McMahon. He's like the to me, he's like the Jim Morrison of uh, NFL football. Me too, yeah. man. Me too. I, love, he I, is. I showed I showed my girlfriend uh, last night the Rolling Stone cover, and where Jim's on it, and it says Chicago's rock and roll quarterback. So yeah. it's ironic you compared him to Jim Morrison. But with that kidney, he continued to play for a couple of plays, and then suddenly couldn't catch his breath at all. Yeah. He's like, he was so winded. Mm-hmm. He couldn't speak, and they were like, dude, you got to go out of the game. Like, he wasn't wanting to leave the game then. So he goes to the locker room, and like you said, he's pissing like this orange or this red, purple looking urine. So they determined he had a lacerated kidney. Yeah. And like, I asked him this on the podcast. He said, no, that's bullshit. But see, when we uh, beat Washington in the playoffs in 84, Jim was uh, at the game, of course, and was, you know, dressed in, uh, you know, his off the field attire. But at halftime, they speculated if the Bears, or maybe this was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was the one. It was either that one or the San Francisco championship game. But CBS speculated if the Bears make it to the Super Bowl, McMahon is going to be back for the Super Bowl. And uh, asked him on the podcast, he's like, "Fuck that! There's no way I wouldn't have been there." Right. Mm. Oh. well, guys. That being said, we have to wrap this up. We got some questions here. Vernon Roseman is. Wondering if we remember the Fog Bowl. I Absolutely. do. Oh, yeah, I do. I'm sure Dan does. Yes. I do but guys, well. we, have, we got we got to wrap this up because we have uh, on Bears Country Podcast channel, we have Last Call at Hallis Hall coming up at 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. And just it's already 10.02, though. <laughs> so. Well, it's it says we're uh, it says we're two minutes behind here. So we want to thank everybody on the Barham Network. Thank you, the Barham Network, for having us on your Monday night show. This is amazing. We appreciate you from here at Bears Country Podcast. We want to thank everyone in chat. Thank you very much, Chris. You're such an amazing guest, such an amazing Bears fan overseas. I know it's late. You have to get to bed. Thank you very much for coming on with us. Uh, yeah, it's been, just a quick one. It's just been an absolute blast to talk to you, Mr. Shorty. Anytime you want me on, I, I'm always up there to come on to your show. And Dan... I fucking love you, man. You know, you're the, you're one of the reasons why I first started watching the Byron Somehow Network. I'm muted. I can hear you. I can't hear what anybody's saying now. It's all bad anyway. <laughs> That's okay. You we can it? hear what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, if, I'm sorry, Chris. I can't hear anybody now. All right. Well, we're wrapping it up anyway, Dan. So thank you all. From the Barroom Network, we appreciate you here on Bears Country Podcast. If you want to hear more of this, head on over to Bears Country Podcast at, for the last call at Hallis Hall. We'll wrap up. We'll, we're going to have Kenny Rayon from chat over there, and we're going to bring in your questions from chat and, and kind of involve everyone from chat. So thank you very much for coming and joining us on this inspiring loss against the Vikings. <laughs> That's a good way to say it, right? 
It is. So there thank, we go. thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Dan. We'll see you over at Bears Country Podcast for Last Call at Hallis Hall. And ready? One, two, three. Bears! Bears! Bears. See you later, Chris. See you later, mate. Take care, buddy. <laughs> <laughs>